While we hope this podcast is helpful and empowering, we want to remind you that we're offering only information, not medical advice. Always consult with your healthcare provider regarding any concerns about your health and wellness. I'm Dan. I'm Gabby. And we are A, a Couple, couple of, of Shrinks. We're a married couple practicing as psychotherapists in Southern California. Each episode, we discuss therapy, mental health, and what it's like to be married to a therapist. When you're also a therapist. Thanks for joining us today. Let's, Let's get, get to, to the, the episode. episode. Three, two, one, go. That one reminded me more like of SpongeBob. I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You're so cute. (laughs) How's your day? It's it's a great day. Is it? Yeah. Why is today great? It's Monday. I parked way down Del Mar and walked up here. Way on down. That's Elvis. Yeah. Of course. There you go. Okay. Where'd you park? Down the street walked up here that was a good thing yeah oh you like walking up that street i love walking up that street there's a lot of people watching to be had mm-hmm. and window shopping hipster places mm-hmm. what i spend 120 dollars on that sweater you did no oh <laughs> that's what i think while i walk by that's not like you. <laughs> that doesn't sound right you this go- isn't target are you going through something <laughs> this isn't target <laughs> we have to go to target later i don't belong here we need to get a um booster seat Yes. It's weird that the child keeps growing. <laughs> Isn't she supposed to stop at some point? Wouldn't you agree, though? <laughs> it just keeps happening. Yeah. It's smarter than it was last week. It's huge. Its feet are huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really scary. The bo- it, it hates the... It. She hates the <laughs> booster seat because <laughs> she can't lean her head there. Oh, like she yesterday does. when we were driving and her, she was like arched. <laughs> Like yeah. blacked out arch to the left. Yeah. Really funny. Neck problems. Neck problems. Been there. Yeah. We need to just drive around with pillows so she has something to lean on. Oh my gosh. Or a giant stegosaurus. Oh know. yeah. The giant pillows. My parents never gave me pillows. I asked my mom a few weeks ago when I switched from a car seat to a booster seat and she just kind of gave me this look like we didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, I don't think we did that. You just sat in the seat. That's awesome. Didn't get a pillow. Didn't get a booster seat. I was safe. Everyone was safe. My parents were It wasn't were great. that long ago. They definitely still had booster seats then. I'm great. I'm safe. Uh-huh. But yeah, we ne- we didn't have booster seats. So, what would you like to talk about today? <laughs> um, let's see. Let's see. <laughs> um uh today we were we were discussing different topics and we decided the topic we were going to talk about is um, a common theme that's been popping up in sessions lately, in sessions Mm -hmm. lately. I've noticed a theme of self-sabotage. And a lot of clients specifically asking, like bringing up those words in session, not coming from me. Oh, really? Hey, Dan, do you think I self-sabotage? What is that? Everyone keeps telling me, or past therapists have told me that I self-sabotage a lot. What do you think about that? I've heard that, a lot recently really? at least four or five times in the last week oh in the last week from different clients i'm trying to think yeah i remember the last time somebody asked me that mm-hmm. but it's been a long time it, that my, sounds like a standard therapy question 
My immediate answer was yes. <laughs> I didn't even hesitate. <laughs> it, for, any, for any client, that's your immediate answer? No, no, not necessarily, mm-hmm. but maybe probably. For a good chunk of them. Like if you're asking the question, that tells me you've likely done some thinking on it before. You've got some decent insight. Yeah. Enough to know what self-sabotage is. Yeah. How often in sessions do you actually answer people's questions? If I've had about themselves. If I've had the client for a long time and I have really good rapport, it might be a quicker answer. Mm. Almost to like advice level Mm. quicker if i've if i've worked with them for a long time oh i see uh newer clients no yeah no socratic socratic questioning leave them to their own answers yeah so tell me about self-sabotage clients the pro in their own life it's not my job to answer things for them and that's the whole thing with cbt it's not about any specific piece of wisdom or insight it's about the skill of metacognition so we become skilled in thinking about what we're thinking about. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like teach a fisherman to fish and you'll feed a village. Give the fisherman a fish and that's just lunch. Right? Is that CBT? Sure. Okay. Why not? All right. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what to do with you sometimes. That's what it is, man. We give people fishing poles, metaphorically. I hope that's true. I hope that's true. You know, I've been using this analogy a lot since we took that motorcycle safety course. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when they were talking about what an expert motorcyclist is? I took notes. You didn't. I I passed. Whatever I did, I, I passed. Know, I know. I'm it was like, not a sure thing, but I, I have passed. a problem. I'm like a... <laughs> student but anyway side an excellent motorcyclist let me see if i can get this right is somebody who can execute expert judgment so they don't have to execute expert maneuvers Mm. and that just like pierced my soul isn't that like therapy isn't that what we do in therapy hopefully Mm -hmm. this kind of like Mm -hmm. insight self-exploration stuff so we have enough information we know ourselves well enough to keep ourselves out of crisis sounds good but when the crisis does happen we can deal yeah wisdom yeah expert i I just loved that i don't know how that applies to self-sabotage tell me more at self-sabotage well how would you define it define it hard Hmm. that i was asked that recently how would i define it i did have to pause for a minute probably simply very simply is just getting in one's own way Hmm. just simple Hmm. okay i think the reasons are complicated yeah different for everyone Mm -hmm. so i was thinking of i am statements like fulfilling a story if i am unworthy of success in life if i am unlovable if i deserve pain and suffering there's almost a comfort in repeating that because it's filling the story in my mind and if i'm not going to get that repetition from the world like if i find out that i'm actually a little more badass than i give myself credit for and i'm on the verge of being successful getting a little bit of peace getting a little bit of happiness there might be a subconscious 
or conscious part of me that is uncomfortable with that success because I don't really deserve it. It's unfamiliar. It's unfamiliar. It's scary. It's uncomfortable Mm. to wake up in an apartment and not have chaos around me to have my partner say, no, I love you for who you are. I'm not leaving you. What? That's weird. I don't deserve this kind of world. It's painful, but I'm used to the pain of things blowing up and me being the bad guy. So I'm going to kind of go back to that. You think it's a a deserving thing sometimes? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely a deserving thing. And that's a deep way of looking at it. And it's also just habitual for some people. It's a pattern. Uh, I think a lot of um, incarceration and people get coming out of the, the system. Why would you repeat going back to hell and torture and incar- incarceration for your entire life? Why would you repeat that revolving door prophecy that we hear about so often? I don't know. Maybe that's all I deserve. Mm-hmm. I've, been, you, I've been told I'm a monster long enough. Maybe I'm just going to repeat that cycle. I'm thinking of how how to this pops up in couples and I think I have a lot of conversations a lot about self-sabotage I I get to work with a lot of busy people a lot of working people with kids maybe more than one kid Mm -hmm. and I think sometimes the busy gets in the way Mm -hmm. we let the like we can't have that conversation now because we're too busy and oh gosh we should wait until saturday you know when the kids are asleep to have that conversation but i see couples really get in their way by hiding behind that kind of busy but a lot of times it's because they just don't want to be honest with each other for a variety of reasons maybe there's a secret or maybe they're hiding or maybe it's just scary to be vulnerable Mm. because like you were saying this kind of um the status quo is good enough. We're surviving. We like each other well enough. Most of the time, the kids are healthy. We're paying the bills. Yeah. Why would I risk having a conversation that will deepen intimacy and connection if I let it, but could also hurt me? So I'm just going to kind of stand in the way of that yeah. and not risk it. In my mind, I almost see like a surgery. Why would I go through a surgery that I know is going to benefit my life, my relationship, my romance long term? but it's going to cause me a tremendous amount of pain in the short term. Mm -hmm. Self-sabotage. I can see that linking into the, into that situation. What about like trauma and addiction? Certainly that shows up when people are dealing with those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The trauma would be, I, you know, I'd see it a lot in domestic violence. I think as therapists, we get used to the idea that people return to dark situations, to violent situations, pretty regularly. Yeah. And at some point, it's a huge celebration when someone does take a week, a month, six months, a year away from that lifestyle. Mm -hmm. But there's always part of you that isn't surprised when they go back to it because Mm -hmm. it's been shown over and over in human interactions that that's very, very common. And the success of people pulling out of that lifestyle is the anomaly. It's the outlier. And addiction's definitely that way. Success rates are very low. So people repeating that pattern, man, I know heroin, I know alcohol, I know meth is going to cause me a tremendous amount of pain, but I'm used to that chaos. I'm comfortable there. You can't expect that. But domestic violence sucks because they're going into it clear-minded. 
repeating that cycle over and over again. Why are you going back to him? Why are you going back to her? You know that they're going to hit you again. You know they're going to abuse you again, steal from you again, rape you again. Why would you go back in that situation? I think it's that they treat me the way I've been taught to see myself. I am unlovable. I deserve pain. I deserve punishment. I deserve to fit this role of violence happening to me. It almost fulfills that story in my mind that I've been told by other people, but I continue to tell myself. And that's where I think the whole idea of narrative therapy started, is that story we tell ourselves. Well, I'm thinking too, even beyond domestic violence, I'm thinking about financial abuse, emotional abuse, Mm -hmm. verbal abuse. Mm -hmm. Um, Infidelity. I, I deal much more more often in those situations than I do domestic violence. Sure. And I think the same things still apply. However, I I hear a lot too people trying to convince me and themselves that they do value themselves, that they do love themselves, but they still find themselves in these dangerous and toxic situations. Mm. And sometimes it comes back to this idea that this Chaos is familiar enough to something that's happened in the past. Maybe this is an ex or a dad or a mom Mm. or an uncle or a coach. This type of abuse and toxicity is familiar enough to that. Mm -hmm. So it's comfortable, but it's different enough that if I can change the outcome, if I can prove in this situation that I am lovable, that I am I can win that affection, I can win that approval, then it's sort of this healing balm mm. that I can write the past. It's nourishing to me. However, that is not the case because the past is the past. It's always a past. We can't change it. Sure. But there's something about our human nature, I think, that seeks out familiar chaos so we can solve it now in hopes that that damage will be reversed from the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything's linked to that past, those core memories. Just sounds like EMDR. When you got a hammer, you're supposed to finish it. Everything's a nail. Everything's a nail. (laughs) Sometimes we have these conversations like, just EMDR that. Just EMDR it. Just solve it. Do the EMDR. Yeah. It's effective, man. (laughs) Right? Yeah. So for if anyone's listening to this, you've probably heard of EMDR before and eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. And it's the it's the fix all for everything for the stress and trauma. And there's a lot of freaking truth to that. It's really, really effective. But just so you know, therapists sometimes aren't stoked to use it because it is very structured. Not always super fun. But if you want to break through, if you want to fix stuff. And it's really not suitable for everyone in the universe either. It's super effective and it's empirically based and like science. And it's also just like witchcraft. Why does it work? Witchcraft. But it is very, I like following the script. Right. I like sitting down in session as a clinician, knowing exactly what I'm supposed to say Mm -hmm. and exactly how it's supposed to go. I Mm -hmm. like that about EMDR. There's a protocol. Yeah. It is very autopilot. Every person is different. Every story is different. But the procedure of EMDR is very yes. structured and it's super effective. Mm-hmm. One of my colleagues, Lisa, she calls EMDR a slow burn. You know, like once you tackle an incident or a memory from the past, your life might not be a 180 
sprinkles and butterflies right away but maybe like three months from now six months from now two years from now you're like really doing life differently yeah i think that's true it, that makes a lot of sense that's been true for me as a client and a clinician actually mm-hmm. absolutely that's good stuff um anything else about self-sabotage Do you think Elvis self-sabotaged? Oh, my God. No. You don't? I don't want to talk about Elvis, man. We should re-label this podcast, Couples of Shrinks slash Elvis Indoctrination. <laughs> all I have to hear okay. about is this dead drug addict all the time. Do you think he time. did? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I, I appreciate that you took a minute to think about it. Yeah. I know, unfortunately, quite a bit about him now. I know you do. But I still don't know anything. He didn't talk about his addiction very much at all. All the stuff you showed me, he's clearly loaded and everyone's just like totally cool with it. And he's not talking about it or no one's confronting him. They're just making money off of him and just relaxing and chilling out. Well, it was prescribed by a doctor, Daniel. Okay. Well, great friends. He was surrounded by so many great friends. Really, really helpful friends. I thought you didn't want to talk about this. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I got sucked into it. I know. I got you. Um. Yeah, so going back to the self-sabotage Yeah, how thing. do we fix it? How do we know it's happening and how do we fix it? Is it worth fixing? Is self-sabotage okay? Mm-hmm. When's it appropriate? Is mm-hmm. it ever appropriate? Well, no, not appropriate. Not ever appropriate. There's ways to repeat things in our lives that are appropriate, but that I wouldn't label those things as self-sabotage. The sabotage is you you're wrecking something beautiful. You know, I think of like, um, for some reason I keep thinking of World War II, like saboteurs, like sabotaging a, a rocket launcher or a ship or something, right? Something beautiful, something, what? That's what I'm thinking of. No. Well, that would never be a good thing. You don't want to do that to yourself. Isn't that a new, saboteur! Is that new girl? <laughs> I don't, I don't probably. know. Probably. Okay. Uh, yeah. So no, I, I wouldn't want that for clients. But some of it's, oh man, that simple idea of positive affirmations. I talk to clients a lot about doing sticky notes with positive mm-hmm. affirmations. I am statements. The world is. People are. Those positive alternative oh, thoughts that I we like develop in sessions. Is. And then we get sticky notes. Bathroom mirror. We're brushing our teeth. I got a sticky note up there. I am lovable. I am worthy. The world is a kind place. The world wants good things for me. People are not out to get me. People want best for me. You know, the positive alternative thoughts that allow us to function. I like those. And, and it's, it's straight up, and I talk to clients about this all the time, it's not that deep. It's straight up computer programming. It's brainwashing. Mm. That's really what it is. Mm-hmm. Some of the stuff, we act like it's deep breakthroughs, but it's also the things we repeat in Just our practice, lives over yeah. and over and over. So the positive affirmations, oh my gosh, like my therapist is telling me to remind myself that I am lovable, like kind of frou-frou, sparkly stuff. Why would I want to do that on a daily basis? I want something deeper than that. Well, sometimes you got to reprogram yourself, dude. You're right. Words are powerful. And to write those words in your own writing, like to see them in front of you and actually write them down. And that's why thought record's so powerful. There's something about the physical manifestation of our thoughts onto paper. Not even on typing, really. Not onto a computer screen, but actually on paper. Mm-hmm. Taking the fit, taking the existential, the mind, the cognitive properties, and putting it into physical form. Mm-hmm. 
something really beautiful and powerful about that. And yeah. I think that's where it clicks into the subconscious, that Freudian stuff. And it's mm -hmm. actually hitting you deeper than you even know. Mm -hmm. But you have to repeat it and you have to write it and you have to remind yourself about it. Many times throughout the day we state, thy will be done. Thy will be done, right? That's AA stuff. Mm. It's not about me today. It's about this higher power that maybe wants good things for me. You know, and That's the whole idea of 12 steps. Mm -hmm. Reprogramming the way you see yourself in the world. Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm -hmm. So that's how, that's how you start walking yourself out of being a saboteur. Mm-hmm. How do you know it's happening? Uh, mentorship and guidance. You'd have uh, people probably point it out for you first. Uh, Just like that step with clients where they mention that they have people in their lives who have mentioned you might self-sabotage. Mm. That's the starting point. People have mentioned it to me. And that's where it comes into the interdependence of, of human being. We need other people around us mm. because they can point out patterns that we might might not see for ourselves. That's risky though. It's risky. And that's also- you have to let people in. You have to let people in. And, and that's part of the reason that group therapy for a lot of people is more effective in my opinion than even individual therapy. Mm. Because you're not just gonna get the psychotherapist's opinion. You're gonna get you know, Stan and Amy and Jose and all these people that are in the group with you who are gonna have different perspectives and say, hey, this sounds a whole lot like what we were talking about last month. Hmm. You know, you found you found a a woman that loves you that's not going to cheat on you, and you're running away. Mm -hmm. Didn't you talk about this last month? Aren't you tired of living that way? Right. So it comes from other people first. So we have to invite people in. Mm -hmm. Scary. Interdependence. Scary. Mm -hmm. I think that's sometimes when I work with couples. That's that's the tough part. Because a lot of times partners have been burned by each other so often. Why would I share this with them? They've hurt me. They've burned me. They've turned away. Um, I see that a lot. Yeah, Why sad. would I chance it? Mm -hmm. It's risky. Yeah, super risky. Yeah. But there's there's always hope. I always tell people this. There's always hope if both people are willing to do some work, mm. willing to show up for it, mm -hmm. be willing to say yes. I love that principle. Yeah. You don't even always have to initiate these things, but if you can just be willing to say yes, it can change stuff. It's a beautiful concept. Yeah, Just get into the room. Just be present. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of courage, but no expectations, no commitment beyond that. Just show up. Yeah. It's beautiful. You're beautiful. Do you know that? Mm. You're a beautiful man. Mm. I have gray in my beard. I love it. A lot. I don't know about a lot. It's a good chunk. It's all in the middle, too. Bear has great gray in his beard, too. Yeah. You guys can match. You and Bear. Match in our old age. Bear's not old. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, you're not old. <laughs> <laughs> don't insult my dog uh, or, or my husband. <laughs> all right. Hey, let's wrap this thing up. Okay. That's great. Self-sabotage. Any final thoughts for anyone? Stop that. Stop it. Just stop it. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. It, well, because I work most often with couples, so I'll speak to couples, that it's worth it if you can convince yourselves, if you convince each other to just be open, just to say yes to chance it. Dip your toe in the pool of possibilities. Mm -hmm. Just try it. Dip your toe. Um, it's hard, but, you know, it's really easy, especially where we live and 
the age groups that we see to hide behind busy. Busy is not an excuse to run away from your partner, mm-hmm. from your relationship. So just notice if you're doing that. It's a terrible excuse. Terrible excuse. All right. Well, let's sign out. That's Wait, pretty good. Wait, what about yours? Take away for your piece. Yeah, do the sticky note thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're sitting here in, in, in the office, and there's a, a stack of of um, of cards here on the table. And, and sometimes lately I've been asking clients to write down these statements, um, positive and negative statements, even the negative ones. Put them on paper. Look at them in front of you. Am I, am I fulfilling this prophecy in my life? I deserve pain. I deserve punishment. How does that manifest on a Monday morning as I wake up and I look at the day? Mm-hmm. Am I repeating any sabotage? Am I repeating any unnecessary pain in my life because I'm fulfilling the story I've been told? Um, and then next to that card, I got another one, an alternative path. Nice. I deserve happiness. I deserve peace. I will fight for peace. I will fight for improvement today. I deserve peace today. What does my, my Monday look like if that's the story I'm living towards an experiment with those two things nice i wonder what'll happen maybe you'll take that job interview maybe you'll ask that girl out on the date that you met teaching her to play piano maybe you will take a little risk just see what happens see what manifests oh yeah. are you talking about me i could be just a romance story you were about teaching once. me to play piano teaching yeah <laughs> Teaching the person writing us how to play piano. Help me. It worked. It worked out for us. <laughs> Something happened, yeah. All right, good. here we go. Okay. Let's sign out. All, All right. right. Couple of shrinks. I'm Dan. I'm Gabby. We are. Oh, a couple uh, of shrinks. I said okay. at the end. All right. Three, two, we- one. Uh, and signing out, I'm Dan. I'm Gabby. And we are. A couple, a couple of, of shrinks. shrinks. <laughs>